All right, here it is. Welcome back to the season finale of the Borderline Raptors. That's right. This is it. The last show before our very slight summer hiatus. I think we're looking at probably a four-week hiatus as we get uh, ready to ramp back up uh, post-Olympics, post-free agency uh, in the NBA, uh, but just in time for the NFL season. So we'll kick back off uh, sort of that end of August. Uh, and we'll be back right through the uh, remaining uh, uh, NFL season and, all, and obviously all of the, the Raptors season. So uh, this is it. Kitch joining uh, at some point in the relatively near future. He's stuck in the car uh, doing stuff. So I'm not sure when he's coming in. Deno already started his hiatus. He won't be back until late August. So it is uh, myself, Kitch, producer Mike, taking us home one last time this season. So here we go with our last show. All right, so as I mentioned, Kitch is going to be joining here shortly. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to uh, talk a little bit about uh, a few about last night's uh, game, and then we'll get Kitch's uh, thoughts on it. But, I mean, obviously, uh, anybody who watched that game or even watched probably the last four games, uh, it really was the coronation of one uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm not sure. I still can't say Antetokounmpo. Kumpo. I sound like Kitch. Uh, anyways, um, it was, I mean, just a wild uh, night for him. And from the jump, I mean, obviously the 50 points, 14 rebounds, I think it was five assists. Um, it, it was just his mindset. You could just see everything he had, uh, he was bringing to the table. It just was, he wasn't going to lose. Um, and that's a, you know, that was just the, that's what superstars, that's what all time greats uh, end up doing. You just, it's, it kind of, I don't want to say uh, Jordan mode because that would be uh, probably a bit of an overstatement or hyperbolic, but it was that Jordan type mentality last night. Him just sitting there going, we are not losing this game. I mean, they jump out to a 15 point lead in the first quarter. Next thing you know, they're losing um, uh, midway through the second quarter and we're uh, up a few points and then tied at the third quarter. And it's just, you just tell uh, the way he was playing. And finally, Coach Bud figured out how to actually how to use him properly throughout a game, throughout a series. They just weren't going to let uh, Phoenix uh, win that game and take it to a game seven. So it was, uh, it was an. I really do think uh, an all-time uh, NBA Finals performance. Those last four games that that he put up. I mean, three games over forty-two, uh, and just you know he put the team on his back. I mean, obviously they had a Chris Middleton game uh, in the middle there, which which helped, which they needed. But other than that, I mean, if you look at the stat, I mean, Drew Holiday again last night. I mean. He was, he was uh, I think, an assist or a rebound shy of a triple-double, but, I mean, he was 4 for 19 from the field, uh, somewhat erratic in his offensive production. Middleton had 15 points last night. Again, somewhat erratic in his uh, in his offensive production throughout the series. So it really was Giannis uh, uh, and the Jordanaires, uh, as they used to be called. Um, and, you know, it was just – it was awesome, and I just loved the way he played. Uh, and on the, on the flip side of that, for all this point God talk about Chris Paul – uh, Phoenix being up 2-0, like that team to me just looked terrified in that fourth quarter. 
Uh, actually, you know, I shouldn't say, I mean, I think they look terrified at the jump, which they got off to a pretty slow start. Uh, they seemed to settle in there when they, when they got, when they caught back up and, and had a good uh, second quarter. But in that fourth quarter, I mean, there are three or four plays under three minutes where Devin Booker literally looked scared to have the ball in his hands. Like, it, you know, he forced a couple of shots a couple of times. He caught the ball and passed it with, I mean, I don't think he took a dribble. I don't think he had the ball in his hands for more than two seconds and he's passing that ball. Uh, you know, Chris Paul didn't sort of assert himself. I know he had 26 points and 11, 19 shooting. Um, and on, from a stat perspective, it looked decent, only three turnovers, but he, he did not assert himself. He did not take that team over, did not um, do enough, I think, to say, hey, we're not going to lose this game. Like he didn't, he did not take on that Giannis mentality. So, uh, you know, if you want to talk about the uh, dichotomy of those two superstars, I mean, one guy said, I'm not going to lose, and the other guy didn't do enough to make sure they didn't lose. So uh, I feel bad for Paul from that perspective, but. Um, you know, I listen. Winning a title is not easy. There's a there's been a lot of great players uh, who haven't won titles. Not as many who who have been up 2-0 in a in a finals and then lost the last four games. I think that's only happened six times now. Um, so that's five five times. Oh, so, oh, oh wait, Mike's coming in. You're, it's a question, not five, not six. It's a. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I'll chime in for a little bit, give you a little uh, little, little uh, re- respite from, uh, you know, spitting hot fire. I agree with everything you're saying. One thing I never thought I'd end up thinking and, and, and seeing on the court, though, is Monty Williams seemed like he didn't have an answer for Giannis. I think they were playing him like, if Giannis eats, it's fine. And they didn't put up that hard wall that the Raptors did a couple seasons ago. And I, and I love Monty Williams. I honestly think he was a coach of the year candidate hands down in my in my eyes given what you know two years ago the phoenix were the second worst team in the league but that all being said i didn't see what was necessary to be seen in the finals and i kind of wanted to ask you that what what you think about the coaching performance because we've talked and lamented about bud but i don't think monty williams did what he needed to do to shut down Giannis and make the other guys beat him yeah i mean that's that's uh i would say that's fair uh, what I was surprised in these last, I, certainly two games anyways, the number of times they thought that Aiton was going to be able to handle Giannis one-on-one. And like that was a mismatch one-on-one. Um, and that wall that you were talking about, with the wall, it looked like me was just Aiton backing off to about uh, eight feet in front of the basket and then saying, Giannis, you know, I think they were thinking that would be enough to, not, to impede him from getting to the basket. What he proved last night, uh, over the last couple of games, even without his 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 patented uh, Euro step, he still could get enough of an angle on Aiton quicker than him. Uh, I might even argue stronger than him, uh, and therefore was able to still get the basket and finished a ton at the basket. I, I mean, I, I think something did click with Giannis. I know he still took a couple of threes in these last couple of games, but but I dare say they were almost in rhythm threes as opposed to sort of forced threes. So it wasn't as bad, but you could, I mean, there was definitely a mindset of I'm not settling for threes. I'm not settling for jump shots, backing himself uh, into the paint, little jump hooks, little turnaround fadeaways from eight, 10 feet. I mean, that was it like that. Giannis just figured out a way uh, to handle whatever it is they were going to throw at him. And we're probably going to find out here shortly that Giannis was, was probably far more banged up than, than they let on here. Right? I mean, it's a guy hyperextends his knee uh, or leg in that capacity had to miss two games of a potentially very crucial uh, series that could have cost him that series and then comes back and does this. So we're probably going to find out he wasn't even hundred percent. So uh, I think, but to your point on Williams and he kind of went into bud mode um, because I'm listen, if someone fi- told me that coach Bud was getting fired tomorrow, I'd be like, yeah, I totally get it. Because if I, if I am watching that objectively, that guy did not 
do himself any favors from a coaching perspective. It was better at towards the end of that uh, finals. However, I mean, was it more Giannis figuring it out than Bud figuring it out or was it Bud making the adjustments? I, I mean, I, I don't know. So he can't completely discount it. And the guy just, you know, he's a coach of an NBA championship team. So it does count for something, but Williams to me uh, took on a bit of a bud persona. Didn't do enough. Didn't adjust enough. Didn't mix it up, throw different things at them. Uh, you know, I just would have, I would have done more to get the ball out of Giannis's hands um, and make the drew holidays of the world beat me because they went six deep basically last night. Um, you know, Conton played 24 minutes. Uh, I think, uh, Teague played two and then Portis, who was awesome last night, but he only played 15 minutes, 16 minutes. So they were basically a six man rotation these last three games. Like if you're Williams, you got to figure out a way to not let Giannis score basically 160 points in those last four games. Right. And let somebody like, let, let there be two Chris Middleton games as opposed to one. Right. Let there be, you know, three Drew Holiday games as opposed to one because there just weren't going to be. Right. There just weren't going to be. So, yeah, to that point, like, I think Williams, uh, you know, didn't do enough. And if anything, I thought his rotations, like last night, Chris Paul is playing 46 minutes. Right. But he stuck with anytime I see that when you're in desperation mode, and this is what Bud used to do, they stick with the exact same minute rotations. When you are playing for your life, there are no minute rotations. Right. You go with guys that aren't in foul trouble for as long as you possibly can. Um, so I thought those were mistakes. I think, think they played, uh, uh, why can't I remember? Is it Cameron Johnson? Cam Johnson? Cam Johnson. I didn't think they played him enough throughout the entire series. He's young, athletic, can shoot threes and get to the basket. I mean, there's a guy like Bridges, Bridges did nothing the last couple of games. Like he really was not good at all. And Aiton was playing scared. Five Milwaukee Bucks either uh, out-rebounded him or equaled how many rebounds. He had six. 12 and six doesn't cut it. Frank Kaminsky came in and had eight points in in one-third of the amount of minutes. At that point, when do you think, like, this kid is young and he's playing scared? Maybe this guy is just throwing a wrench in their plans. When I saw that run kind of in that second quarter, it was when Aiton had to go sit down, and that was because of foul trouble, albeit. But I'm not saying Frank. Kaminsky's the answer, but Aiton was definitely part of the problem and an anti-solution last night. Well, uh, listen, I will say Frank the Tank is not the answer. However, to your point, uh, I do agree. Like they just at that stage when you it's it's throw the the playbook out the window when you are playing for the last game of your season and you do whatever you go with the hot hand. Uh, you make sure that the guys that are are performing play the minutes. Like yeah, if Aiton's off and he clearly, I mean, but that listen. It wasn't just Aiton, and I think he is that, you know, obviously he's a young player, but he obviously followed the lead of his of his stars too, and they weren't. I mean, there was nobody brimming with confidence uh, out there. Uh, you know, Jay Crowder, I, I thought maybe he was going to have a game last night just because uh, he's sort of been there, and, and he tried, and he had to get 11 points. Uh, it wasn't horrible, and he did as much as he could defensively, but, you know, they needed somebody. They needed to have an un- – they needed to have a Bobby Portis game. They needed somebody from somewhere who wasn't afraid to have a Bobby Portis game. Right. And sort of give them that boost that let them, they just didn't have it. Um, and you could just sort of, like I said, I mean, just from that, the jump, they were not a comfortable looking basketball team. So, you know, again, kudos to one Giannis, uh, something like that. <laughs> uh, because it really is. I do think, it, I think it's a coronation for him. I know it's hard to believe he's saying that, but a two time MVP. Um, but he's just, I mean, it was that performance is going to go down or going to be remembered for a very, very, very long time. Uh, and I think, you know, they don't, 
obviously they don't have a ton of room to make moves, but th that core of Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis are, are going to stay together. Uh, they're probably going to get better now they're over the over the mountaintop. So I, I don't know that there's a steep fall off for them anytime soon. I think they have to get they got to add a few more parts um, to keep it going, like the Bulls used to always do. But that's a three person core. Is one thing we you know I I didn't say this. Um, about holiday. Cause even though I think he's very suspect on offense and they, and they traded a lot for him, you know, he came into this whole thing with as being a, a lockdown defender. Uh, and I think he was, okay. I think in these last two or three games, uh, there was a stat, uh, that I heard on Simmons today, actually, when he was guarding, when holiday was guarding either Booker or Paul, they were basically scoring 22 points per a uh, hundred possessions. Okay. When he wasn't guarding one of those two guys, they were scoring 40, right? So they're doubling their point score per hundred possessions, which is significant, obviously. So clearly he impacted the game um, on the defensive end. He had his one great offensive game, which they needed. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said that because clearly he made it uncomfortable for Booker who was, you know, up and down. He was erratic this entire series. Paul, good first couple games when the whole, you know, I think we're going to hear that his hand was really hurt and that there were issues there. But I think, I think Holiday needs a ton of that credit for slowing that, you know, I mean, that's the two headed monster, right. Of that, of that team. And he clearly had a hand doing that. So that's huge. I mean, it's, I mean, where does it go in the future for them? I don't know. Cause Brooklyn, the big wild card would be Brooklyn uh, and how they come out of the gates next year. And, and can they stay healthy? But, you know, I, I now think Milwaukee at that core, if they can be smart and get, the Bobby Portis and, and they need, they need another outside shooter because Compton is not a, a lockdown three guy, but if they can get one more shooter. Yeah. I mean, they could be sticking around for a while. And that's one of the things that I kind of noticed too, is that one of the most unsung people that has been a very heroic player for them at times for being a pest on defense and being an elite three point shooter is Dante DiVincenzo who was out this entire playoff true. run. Yeah, uh, he wasn't even available to play for them. It could, this could have been a lot worse is my point for the Phoenix Suns. This could have been over in five, even uh, and maybe one of those games in Phoenix that were coming down to the wire that they lost both those first couple games. Maybe that's not the case with Dante DiVincenzo pestering on defense. One of the best steals guys in the league and one of the best three point snipers out here as well. Yeah. I, uh, you, that's a good point. I've, I've totally forgotten about him. Uh, and yeah, if he comes back and is a piece, yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, once you get that championship DNA, it's like the raps last year going to the bubble. I mean, they had the third best record in the league, maybe second best record in the league uh, going into the bubble. And, you know, they were the only reason why they were as good as they were is because I think they were, they were championship tested. They believed in themselves and that takes you a long way. And I just think with this team now, now that Middleton and Lopez and Giannis all know and, and uh, holiday know they've done it. Like it, it really could be a much better uh, outlet. I mean, cause think about it, three months ago, you look at this team going, Oh shit, they just gave away their future for this guy and they may get nothing out of it. Brooklyn's too good. And you know, we literally, I, I was still harboring thoughts of Giannis saying, you know, another year or two going, I want out. And the wraps sort of being in that. I think I can say this definitively now. I don't think we're going to see Giannis in a Raptors uniform at any point in the next 10 years. So, uh, yeah. So we may, we may miss the golden years of, of Giannis uh, from a Raptors. Who knows? We might get Giannis uh, a la, a la uh, Olajuwon. We might get the Olajuwon years out of him. But uh, I don't think we'll see prime Giannis in a, uh, in a wraps uniform. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, that's pretty much a bow on the, uh, on the NBA finals nba season uh and we'll wait for uh if, assuming catch even shows up uh we, we can get a few of his insights but other than that i mean 
I'm looking forward to the NBA going back to a normalized schedule. I can tell you that. I'm definitely looking forward to that. So, uh, and but listen, I also want to highlight here that for all the pounding uh, I took from uh, from my co-hosts, from a few of our Twitter friends, from a few uh, personal WhatsApps about my betting prowess, I would like to comment that I did jump on the uh, Bucks not way too late because I only got them at five to one. But five to one makes a lot of mistakes go away. All right, Deno, congrats when you listen to Deno because Deno, I think Deno got them at seven or eight to one, and it really was so. It, I, it was Deno's uh, comment, but I believed in this theory for a very long time. When a team with uber high expectations the year before falls short, bet them the next year. It's happened so many times in sports. Like, look at the Nationals, right? And, it, you know, Bill Simmons calls it the Ewing theory, even though it's not the Ewing theory with uh, the Bucks because they didn't lose their best player. But, um, you know, teams that have you know, the Nationals, boom, they lose Bryce Harper. That high expectations the year before they come back, they win it the following year. Uh, there, there are a number in hockey. There's a number of examples uh, that I wouldn't necessarily think uh, that for the Canadians next year. I don't think anyone has any expectations for them, uh, but it, it does happen. So, and this was a so Deno, I congratulate you on that on that great call because uh, I'm not sure I would have actually come to do it if you hadn't done it. So there you go. But it, uh, and then listen, I was kind of hot in the open last weekend too. I, I had Louis all the way, 33 to one. Now. Thankfully, I bet him to finish within the top eight, so I got some money out of it. But I mean, I was right there. I feel like I'm. I feel like my. I look out NFL season. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I think I'm. I think everyone. I think Ike, if you're listening, we get that PLC group going. I think I should chair the meetings. I really do. I'm ready. I'm ready to make some picks. Um, what else? Uh, what else we want to talk about before Kitch doesn't join us? Is there anything else that we? Um, anything? I mean. Bad? Hmm. Well, I was gonna say, where does uh, where does Giannis rank in a entertainment and b like because it's some of the stuff he said post game when he was kissing the championships like oh don't get jealous of the other one to the NBA Finals MVP trophy to the NBA Finals trophy and he was like look I did it he's like one of the guys like oh how does it feel to not have to leave this team he's like I'm gonna ask for a trade like just saying all this kind of stuff it was hilarious I love him. Um, yeah. And I thought it was weird that Acho on uh, Fox on Speak for Yourself was like, this guy could never be the face of the league because his name is too hard to pronounce. I thought that was ludicrous, but I thought Giannis was super entertaining afterwards. Yeah, listen, I should have I should have said that in some of my comments earlier. Like, I'm a huge Giannis fan from the overall package, right? Everything he brings to the table. I think he's just a solid, solid dude. Uh, obviously, a uh, family man. Uh you know, I think he puts that sort of like he's, you'd never hear a bad thing. He's, he's kind of LeBron like from that standpoint that you just, he's never done. There's not been one bit of controversy ever tied to his name of any kind. You know, he made the commitment to stay in a smallish market with shitty ass weather. We could have gone anywhere. He could have done what all the other guys have done. He could have gone and tried to put the super team together, stuck with those guys. Like, I mean, yeah, it's just like, I'm telling you move over Kareem because uh, this, this guy is now Milwaukee's all time. Great. I got some hilarious um, latest odds list for Toronto Raptors as possible destinations for Kawhi Leonard and Damian Lillard. This is, I I had to pull something up for you. So Damian Lillard's next team, if traded, the odds are 12 to one for Toronto tied with Boston. Um, Leading the pack is eight to five um, uh, for uh, New York Knicks and nine to four for the 76ers, four to one for the Golden State Warriors. So the, the Raptors are down there on the list. But uh, that's Boston Celtics 12 to 1. And uh, I can get into Kawhi afterwards if you want to tackle this one real quick. Yeah, we'll talk to Kawhi in a second uh, because I do want to I, I do want to 
we'll go into, I guess we should go into a little Raptors mode here. Um, but uh, listen, the Dave Miller stuff, I'm not, I'm not convinced he's leaving Portland yet. I think this is a lot of posturing. I, I can't imagine why the Raptors would ever want him. I really like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. We last thing we need are more small guards uh, at, at this stage. Dame has proven in his, I mean, he's had some good teams in Portland. He doesn't win. Uh, if he's the main focus with another one or two decent guys around it, if he like, he needs a Kawhi type, like he has to be the other piece, right? As much as I think he's awesome. Uh, little guards, generally speaking, don't lead teams to championships. Uh, and he has had more than his fair chances. They got to a Western conference final a couple of years ago, lost four straight to a depleted um, uh, golden state team. So again, as much as I think he's awesome, but if we listen, if we were getting Lillard and we still had uh, Kawhi uh, and it, Gasol and Ibaka, they're like, I'd be like, yeah, Dave Lillard, that's an awesome piece. We, that would be, of course I'd want to do something like that. Would I give up like a Freddie for, uh, oh my God, I'd give up Freddie and draft picks in a heartbeat for him um, amongst whatever else they would need uh, to get him. Then you're like, yeah, now you're like, this team has got two legit studs because that's what you need. I mean, very rarely. I mean, Middleton is like a borderline stud because I don't really think he is a stud. But I mean, he's borderline top twenty guy in the league. But you find me championship teams that win without two top fifteen guys. They just don't. They just do not. I mean, the Raptors are probably the last team to do it because we had Kawhi and no one. Else. You couldn't say Lowry's a top fifteen guy. Um, and Siakam at that stage was not a top fifteen guy. I, didn't, I mean, he was he wasn't this year either. But so it's rare that it's really really rare that it happens, and it's like almost impossible if you're uh, a six foot two guard and you're the only real stud on your team. So uh, I I think we can discount uh, Dame coming to, coming to the squad. I think Damian Lillard is very very uh, wired the same way as Giannis. I think that if anything, he'll say, "Bring me talent here. I'm not going anywhere." But uh, I agree with you there. Kind of center up here. We this is breaking news. Uh, oh wow! Chris Kitchen, Chris Kitchen uh, joining the pod twenty something minutes late. Um, <laughs> after we and, and and only has twenty minutes left before he has to leave. So this is, this will be interesting. <laughs> oh, hey. oh hey, there he is. There's our guy. Hey, how was uh, how was uh, Bob Cajun? Uh, it's great. It's great. Yeah, it's not around the corner. It's not just we're right in Bob Cajun. Did you play that the whole time? I did not. Nope. Do you even know who sings that song? Do you know who sings that song? Uh, not Stompin' Tom. Oh, my God. The hip, you dummy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I was oh. Never <laughs> oh, that's right. I was, you know never, I was never a hip guy. You know what? I wasn't either until, like, way too late. Uh. In, in, in uh, university, everybody were hip people. And I was like, eh, fuck, whatever. Uh, right? I was, but now, but I, I actually really like their stuff now. I'm, I'm much more of a... I was a late bloomer on the hip, but I certainly knew that, that any words with the word, any song with the word Bob Cajun comes from the hip. I definitely would have known that. At any yeah, point. I, I, now that you saying that, I definitely remember it, well, but I, I wouldn't come up with it. Yeah, well, once, I, once I give you the answers, yeah, it's, it's pretty easy. Um, all right, Kitch, listen, we just had a full, di- we had a full diatribe. Uh, we've, I broke it down. Uh, and and I, so I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, because you have to go. I'm going to give you 90 seconds to tell us what you think of the Milwaukee Bucks as NBA champions. Bucks victory. Uh, definitely, definitely good for the NBA. I'm, I'm happy to see a mid-market team win. I'm happy to see a guy stick with a mid-market team, which doesn't happen much in the NBA. So I'm glad that Giannis decided to sign with a team that is not the top market. 
and pretty much carry him through a few of the games, uh, maybe a bit banged up, and which we which he didn't seem to show, but but just to show his numbers and and uh, and to to sort of pick pick the slack up. Like Holiday was terrible last night, but uh, Giannis said, "Don't worry, you play defense, and I got this." And uh, yeah, so I was I was a I was thoroughly thoroughly impressed, and I am. I'm happy. I'm happy that Milwaukee won. I'm I'm good with Milwaukee winning that for sure. Uh, well, I'm actually a little disappointed that you didn't start your uh, opening remarks with a congratulations to Deno and myself for our 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 great foreshadowing call of the Bucks being the NBA champions. It was good. I did. I I I looked up last night. I had a. I got them at eight to one at some point. You did some point along the season. And I thought, why did my count get? Yeah. <laughs> I go. Why, why, I was thinking, why is my account got sixteen hundred dollars in it? I'm like, and then uh, looking back, I'm like, oh, I actually had it, had it in there. Don't don't use numbers like that. I can't. Oh, so don't yeah, have, don't have a, numbers. Let's bonus. Don't, don't use numbers like that, Johnny. That sets Johnny off when he hears people betting and winning shit, that kind of money. Like hey, that'll yeah. Then I'll be like, Dad, how much do you bet? Do you bet that? It's like, no, nah, I can't have that. I can't it's okay, Johnny. Johnny's flushing cat. Oh yeah, Johnny's Johnny's doing well. Pizza, pizza delivery, Uber Eats. Johnny's flushing cash right now. He, he 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 can join that. He can join that party. Uber Eats, Uber Eats, Johnny. It's paying well. Uh, all right, uh, Kitch. Any thoughts on <laughs> uh, the NBA season as a whole? And are you looking forward to it going back to a regular schedule and being done in June? Yes, yes. The summer doesn't work. The summer does not work for the NBA. They tried it during the bubble. It was it was a disaster. We like you and us trying to watch this in July. We, had, we really our interest waned. Um. So yeah, I, I would. I it's it, it's got to end in June. It's got to end before the summer months kick in. I I, I think. And uh, yeah, the I know it's a short it's a shorter turnaround, but it's still a fair bit of time. We don't start till what November. November's when the season starts. So we got we got. Was that three months in there? August, September, October. Yeah, three months. They can recover in three months' time. Well, so I'm, have, I'm good with the NBA going back to its normal, its normal situation. I, I don't think. Uh, yeah, they're going to have to, uh, right? Because obviously, uh, they got to get back on their regular schedule, and this is the only chance to do it. So, um, yeah. I, I, originally, I always thought summer months would be awesome. Yeah, summer months don't work. I thought going to games like I was sitting there. Remember, we, I think we had the conversation like, "Oh, wouldn't it be great? We're going to going to a Raptors game in July." That would be a disaster. Yeah, be nothing good about that. That that you know what? Now I know why baseball sucks. Yeah, I never liked it. Remember, I always said I I, I like my pool. Your pool, that's right. Yeah. Your pool. Remember, I said yeah, I like my pool. I don't want to go from my pool and go to the game. And you said, "Oh, you you guys, I was I was, I was on top of it." You, you mean well, your pool slash my my lake? You mean my lake? Is what you're referring to? That, that as well. That as well. Yeah. Yeah. Are we, did we break down Giannis? Did we break down like how awesome he was in this final series? Did we go through, did you go through that? Well, I, I did it. I did it at a higher level. If you've got like, yes, we did. We, listen, we did everything in 25 minutes because guess what? It was just pretty much me talking with Mike filling in every once in a while uh, to help keep the conversation going because someone wasn't here. <laughs> yes, we did. But go ahead, please. Did you, did they t- did you talk about like 17 and 19 from free throws? Seven, like seventeen and nineteen from Amazing. three free throws in that final game, like the hack, the hack of Giannis. He said, "Screw that! I'm, 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 I'm going to make them." Um, he's born in a in a playoffs. Like he's in the top seven now. His a- average in the playoffs: thirty five, thirteen, and six. Like thirty five, thirteen, and six. That's that's pretty that's pretty solid on a on a guy that's supposedly a bit banged up. 
and uh, he just made he made Aiton look like a small child in the last few games. Well, we did we did talk about it a little bit, um, obviously because I was just referring and this seventeen and nineteen for free throws. I mean, I should have I should have mentioned that specifically because it was just more that he wasn't going to lose. Right. He went into full on Jordan mode, wasn't going to lose. And all of a sudden he's a good free throw shooter. Right. Cause he just, uh, he, he conquered whatever demons or mental issues that, he, that these guys face from time to time. And he conquered it. And, and so it didn't matter if it was free throws, turnaround, jump shots, whatever. He was just, he was doing what he had to do to win. And it was like, yeah, it was awesome. Like I, I love watching that sort of stuff. Uh, guys, you know, becoming, you know, really understanding the moment that they're in and then not being afraid of it. Like that's, that's how you do it. Right. That's how the, that's the only reason why good players become great players, right? In any sport, right? If you can, if you can conquer that mental aspect of of the moment, and the, and that was a polar opposite of Booker. Booker, he did not rise in the occasion. He looked, he looked like a deer in headlights last night. He was, he was, he would go into the paint and then squeeze the ball. And then he didn't know what to do, and he'd throw it out and then throw it to Crowder. Crowder is wide open because Crowder's not a great shooter. He's not ready for the moment yet. Last night, yeah, we. Uh, yeah, so that that we covered that in minute six. So when you listen to the pod, you'll see all the stuff that we covered. It'll be it'll be good. Um, okay, all right, okay, all right, all right. Good. We did, good. we did, we did. covered. All right, but the last we just before we get into uh, closing up the pod with our usual stuff, uh, Mike was bringing his producer. Mike was bringing us up to speed on some Kawhi odds uh, about where he ends up. Go ahead, Mike. Right. Yeah, no, uh, thank you very much, Bart. So, yeah, Leonard, obviously a two-time finals MVP, can opt out of the final year of his contract and become a free agent, as we know, in 2021. Uh, while the Clippers are the odds-on favorite to retain the superstar um, at 3-2, to two, uh, the Raptors are actually coming in fifth uh, with a 5-1 to one odds here, uh, following up uh, Miami, Dallas, New York, and then the Clippers, as I mentioned before. So 5-1 to one odds for, Ra- for Raptorland getting the claw back. Thoughts goes back to my thought of, of if, if we can, if we can end up getting him due to the doctor, like if, if the, uh, the only way we get Kawhi back, if he really liked Alex McKechnie and he thought Alex did the best in managing his health situation. I think that's, I think that's our Trump. That's our Trump there. And he, he has say, stated that he thought um, the Clippers did a poor, poor job of managing his, I would say that, or I heard it that that was said. So uh, I think that's our only chance of getting him back up. Yeah, listen, I'm shocked it's five to one. I if you'd said twenty five to one, I would have believed that was more likely than five to one. I mean, what's he coming back to? I mean, it's not a championship team right now, even with him. Um by all accounts, he wasn't in love with the weather. Uh, and I don't think that's gonna change ever. So he's gonna have the weather factor is still gonna be there. Uh so yeah, I mean I don't know. He there'd have to be something. Maybe if there's a nurse connection, because apparently him and nurse were pretty tight. If he, yeah, if there was, if Messiah's got something, like maybe, like, but that just seems like such a long shot for him to make that decision where he could go. He can now pick anywhere, and if he cares about championships, which I'm not sure that he does, uh, that he's probably not leaving the Clippers, right? Because he probably thinks I've got a good enough chance here to win. If I win a title, great. If I don't, I'm in the climate I want. I'm in. It's the most money I can get. My guess is he's a Clipper. that he re, that he reups with them like that's that's just where I, where I put my money. The only risk is that like he's got a weak a weak uh, ACL or whatever the tear like and this guy's had a history of this. So we, you, like what's he come back like in a year and a half? Is he the same? So that yeah. there's there's a risk and there's a risk in picking him up and paying top dollar for a guy that is that is that is fragile. Well, no question. I agree. That's a good point. I mean, if you get him, he's playing fifty games for you at eighty two. Like that's it. He's only gonna play fifty games. 
Uh, and then you got to hope he stays healthy in the playoffs and you got to hope he's good enough. Yeah. So yeah, I, I as much as, you know, we joke about quiet coming home and all that sort of shit. Um, yeah. I just think it's, it's probably not in the cards. Like I really do think, you know, if we're, if we're time, if we're going full circle, what this really means to the Raptors, I think Raps are going to be in full rebuild mold here very shortly. I think they trade Pascal. Who knows what they get for him. We're going to get one of those top four picks uh, and we're going to start over is what I think. And that's a perfect segue right into the odds here because I have the odds of who's going to get drafted uh, in what order. So obviously Cade Cunningham consensus, number one, one, one to 50. So, I mean, just hand them over to uh, Detroit, basically. Uh, second overall, so Houston Rockets. Uh, we have Jalen Green topping the odds at four to seven. So uh, for the second overall pick. And Evan Mobley is five to seven to go third to the Cleveland Cavaliers, which would basically leave us with Jalen Suggs. So uh, there's some odds there uh, based on those types of things going down. Yeah, and I think that's right. I mean, that's what I've, that's everything I've read is that's, that's the way it's going to fall as well. And that's the most likely thing. The only thing that people have said is that Mobley might... Um, he might wow enough people to, to take a chance um, to move that he might move up. So I have heard that a little bit, but you know, if you look at what teams need that are drafting ahead of us, who knows, but you know, I was just telling everybody that we were doing a hiatus um, after this week is, this is the season finale. I th- I'm going to say that, but I think we should do, we'll do a very quick pod right after the draft. Right. And we will talk, whoever we get for our draft pick, we will break that down and that'll be it. And then, that's the hiatus. So we'll do that. But so not the next. Yeah, I don't even know when, when is the draft. The draft's what? Not next week. The week after. Twenty seventh or next, the twenty Thursday. What? Next Thursday. Oh, that's next Thursday. 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 Oh, yeah. Well, then there you go. Next, next Thursday. Well, then ignore everything I said in the opening. Uh, this is not the season finale. Uh, we will do next week after the draft. Uh, but I'm telling you that that next week's episode is twenty three minutes long. Just so we're all clear. Michael Jordan, baby. I think we should have a D and D episode now. Hey, Bart, I think we should have a D and D episode. I don't know what that means. Right? We'll have a draft. We'll have a draft and Danielle episode. Draft oh. and Danielle. Danielle in the pod. Danielle Hine, our, um, am I allowed to say it? She's going to get mad again. Our over 50 uh, female listener in the uh, Western region. Uh, I, yeah. Oh, I should, we can bring Danielle. You know what? I know she didn't like that. She didn't like it. But she, apparently she was quite happy we uh, uh, mentioned uh, the wedding. So now let's not say it again. Great time at that wedding. Um, all right. Yeah. We can do, we all look at that. All right. All right. Listen, let's, let's speak of today. We got to go. Um, so let's move on. Kitch, you have a, what drives you crazy? What drives you fucking crazy? Yes, I have one then. I won this lower tape. The, uh, my drives you crazy is, does it not seem like when there is rain in the forecast, we just can't have rain anymore? What happened to just normal rain days that aren't places where you get stuck everywhere on a lake with islands? So that drives, that drives me crazy. Yeah. I, so for uh, people who have not been following... Climate change. For people who have not been following uh, the cottage country weather patterns this, uh, this year, for whatever reason, if it we, have, we get a potential... Uh, thundering down thunderstorm morning i would it seems like daily i've tried to golf uh seven times this year six of the seven times i've been blown off the course because they blow the sirens and everyone has to leave the course so it's just been it's been a wild uh weather pattern uh where where we are right now and it is bizarre yeah there's no in between there's no just a smattering of rain (laughs) it's it's head for cover 
So there you go. Uh, all right, Kitch. Well, thank you for that. Uh, and then, you know what? Short and sweet. But anyway, it's a good one. Uh, mine's going to be short and sweet, too. Um, and I'm going to call him out right here because I can because he's my flesh and blood. But my 16-year-old is what's driving me crazy. As much as I love the kid, I really do. But for whatever reason, he's decided to start drinking coffee. Whether it be a, a, a iced coffee or whatever coffee. Like, it doesn't matter. He's, the point is he's making his own coffee. Right. But what he fails to, uh, to comprehend, and I've, I've literally told him this 800 times. And today was 801 and I snapped. Uh, he takes the coffee pot out of its, the coffee uh, uh, contraption, like where, you, where it keeps it warm, and just places the coffee pot on the counter. That's how he leaves it. He just leaves it there. He'll leave the house because he's got to work in the morning. And he just, so I wake up, I come down, and there's the coffee pot sitting on the counter as opposed to in the coffee holder and i'm not joking this honestly is the 50th time i said you can't i don't want you doing that and if you do it again i'm not you make coffee and there it was this morning and when i honestly i I was just like how is this possible how is this possible uh so yes my 16 year old son and his inability to put the coffee pot back in the coffee so it can stay warm for everybody but you know what his rationale is is well he's trying to make iced coffee so he doesn't want it warm I'm like, I mean, again, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm dealing with. <laughs> I know I worry for him. I do worry for him. Uh, but anyways, that's, yeah, that's what I'm dealing with here. You have a, you have a microwave. You have a, you use your microwave. You know what? I, I would never microwave coffee. I, I am anti-microwaving coffee. Here's a yes, thought. Ma'am. Maybe pour the coffee out the night before and leave it in the fridge or like do something like that and pour it over some ice or I don't know. If you want iced coffee, some of the sacrifices you might have to make is that the hot pot for the others who want a warm liquid in the morning, you might want to put it back on the burner. Yeah. Listen, the whole process of making the coffee, it's like the coffee bag explodes every morning as you try. Like when I come to our coffee grounds (laughs) everywhere, right? It's just, you're like, who? (laughs) The shocking part is that it's day after day and it's just sort of like, oh, the answer is like, oh. I didn't know. Oh, so, so there you go. Uh, I'll give Bobby. I'll give Bobby a chance to come on the pod at some point and, uh, <laughs> and refute this. If you, if you Wait, want. what? Yeah, what? What? Uh, so yeah, so sixteen-year-old boys trying to make coffee. That's what's driving me crazy this week. Uh, okay, listen, AOB, we're wrapping up. We're out of here. You you start. Yeah, you know what? We're we are not doing this wherever your location you're in right now. Did you, you wait till you hear that played back? It sounds like <laughs> just a hit of a gummy bear or something. Uh, <laughs> uh, my OB was just strictly that when we do come back, not counting next week because now that next week's the finale, when we do come back um, for the month of September. We are going to have a Jays corner, a Toronto Blue Jays corner, because one young Johnny Bart has decided that he wants to become part of the podcast world. And he is researching on a regular basis, uh, all things Blue Jays. Came into me last night, Dad, do you have any idea who our top draft prospect is for next year? Obviously, I don't. Uh, but he did. And so he's done. So he wants to he wants to have a little five-minute Jays corner uh, where we'll talk about what's coming up the, the last month of the season, their future, all that sort of stuff. So there's going to be a Jays corner for the month of September. So get ready for that. Love it. Nice. Like it. Oh, there you go. That's my AOB. Kitch, anything? Can you hear me, Kitch? Hello. 
I got nothing. I got nothing. My, my, my internet, my internet's terrible. It I had is. some stuff. I can't find what I can't find what I had. Everything's falling apart here. <laughs> you, yeah. Well, that, I, listen, I must have. I always assumed Deno would be the train wreck in all of this, but man, today this is you have move over, Deno. There's a new train. There's yeah. a new train. Start last night. The Start last night. At this. <laughs> There's a new train leaving the station. Uh, all right. Listen, on that, uh, let's let's get out of here. Uh, and for the second last time this season, Kawhi is going to take us home. Kawhi up top. Looks at the clock. Turns the corner for the win. Ha, 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 ha.